The Nerdist School Network. Trev. Yeah, what's up? Can I uh, can I ask you something? Yeah, always. But... All right. Without getting too weird. Okay. If you could stretch any part of your body, what would it be? I feel like arms. I feel like like stretch arms strong classic. Well, like legs feel like you like I don't know that feels bothersome. Like why would you want to be up like on stilts basically? Big steps, I guess. But I mean, it just feels like it's more trouble than it's worth. I feel like I can get a lot more bang for my buck with stretchable arms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Swinging around like a monkey in trees. Yeah, 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 yeah. George of the Jungle style. What about you? Obviously the nips. Right. First of all, who the fuck is going to want to fight you if they know that you're bringing stretchable nips to the, you know what I mean, to the deal? But, like, do they do anything? Yeah, I mean, they're stretched nips. Yeah, yeah, no, I, mean, I get that. I get that part of it. Well, no, well, not to mention that they're like in the top two of stimulants on the body. Welcome to the podcast of Two Worlds. I'm Trevor Reese. And I am Chris Fimbres. And we are talking about Elongated Journey into Night. Episode four of season four, a mouthful of a title. Mm-hmm. A ne- I'm okay with it. But it's a needless Eugene O'Neill callback. <laughs> yeah. Long day's journey into night. I mean, I get it. Yeah, we get about it. Chris, it could have th- been worse. It could have been worse. I mean, the the title could have been a lot worse, but the episode was pretty good. Chris, what would you think of it? Oh, I, yeah, no, I, I, I totally liked it. I mean, we've been talking all seasons thus far about how the humor has really returned to the show. Well, that was going to be my first question is, do you feel like we're four episodes in? Do you feel like it's maintaining the tone that they, that you feel? Obviously, obviously. And I mean, at some points it's gotten maybe too much of that, but I mean, you have to fucking just accept it. If, if you want, you know what I mean? The, the lighter tone, you have to just accept that part of this superhero world. And just kind of run with it. And so far, I'm fucking having a good time doing it. Well, hey, let's let's follow that that classic improv instruction. Follow the fun. What was your favorite part? Let's just let's just go oh, that Trejo. way. Danny Trejo, hands down. Obviously. Do you do Ooh. you even need to fucking ask me that? No, Danny Trejo, hands Obvi- down. Obviously, him and Cisco, best part of this entire episode. Fuck, dude. Maybe at the end of the road, the best part of the season. Give give me a specific. Man, okay, okay. Him telling Cisco that he's gonna hunt him. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, man. He just sat down like that, and he, he was just counting down from ten to one, and saying, like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunt you." Okay, let's let's. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Really quickly, sidestep, and let's address the misdirect ad for this episode. It, it's it's a staple for the Flash. This misdirect because you, you you think it's gonna be some other episode. 
and then they 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 bait and switch you, and it's a fun. Kind of thought that Danny Trejo was just gonna come in and just start fucking shit up, right? Yeah, yeah. You thought it was gonna be a whole thing with good, Danny, good. like keep misunderstanding. Me on, keep me on my fucking toes. I don't. I don't want to know exactly what's gonna happen. If you want to misdirect me, do that shit. And I'm fine when other shows do it. So when I watch it, I'm just like, oh, oh no. So like I I dig it, you know what I mean, and I prefer that they kind of do it that way. So you like that it's a surprise, not that you were misled, but the tone of the episode was going to be. No, yeah, no, I'm totally fine with it because like it, I, mean, I mean we've watched plenty of episodes, especially in the Arrowverse, that when when you get the title and you get the preview, you you know what episode that you're going to get, and you could kind of speculate on it. And and, th- and this just throws a monkey wrench and all that shit. Yeah. Well, well you really don't know what you're going to get. And I'm completely okay with that, man. And, and especially in the world that we live in where everything gets spoiled before the shit even comes out. I'm fine with them just, you know what I mean, keeping me on my toes so I have to pay attention. Well, and the scene that the the CW released today with – um like because they always do that preview scene. It was the initial meeting of Joe, Barry, and uh, Ralph. And so it's like that that really doesn't spoil the tone of what the episode is. Mm-hmm. You don't even really get a sense of what Ralph's role is going to be in the episode. Um, you just understand that him and Barry have a history. What do you think of Plastic Man? Well, you were re- first, you, first you of all, for, okay, for, was really looking forward to this. First what of all, think? elongated man. Right, 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 right. He's not Plastic Man. He's not Plastic Man. Um, th- oh, what the fuck is Plastic Man's real name? I forget. It's something weird. Like he has a, a, a like. It's like oh, Eel O'Brien mm-hmm. is his name. That's Plastic <laughs> Man's name. <laughs> yeah, that that just sense. gives you a tone. Basically, Plastic Man is if Popeye were a superhero with stretch powers. Like it's that sort of tone. That is like the perfect Plastic Man. And Elongated Man really fit. He was created as like. Within the first, he was created in that magic period, like the first like two, three years of the Flash, Barry Allen. He was part of that. I remember the the, the cover is Barry running past a tree and Ralph Dibney is like looping around and uh, like... Uh, like tagging him, like, oop, I still got you. Like, how is Barry Allen going to stop this foe? But Ralph w- has never been a foe. He's been like an impedance to the Flash and really kind of just in that issue because in the comics he is this like uh, paragon of like integrity. He is a true blue detective on a level with Batman. Maybe not with the smarts. I think they did a good job of kind of showing that he's sort of a carefree character, but he has the same sort of integrity and respect for the work in the comic books that Batman does. What's the greatest thing that Elongated Man has ever done in the comics? Well, what's his staple? What's his place in the DC universe on a grand scale? To be fair, I am a retroactive fan of Elongated Man because I came to know him when he was radically changed by Brad Metzler and then in the weekly series 52 when uh, his his wife, Sue Dibney, they were very big parts of the uh, DC, uh, uh, the comic book, the Justice League. And uh, but they were also the focus of uh, identity crisis because Sue Dibney, his wife, is murdered. And that's the thing that kicks it off. 
and he is like this bright character like he's this fun jaunty character who just loves mystery i smell a mystery he says that a couple times in this episode yeah i noticed you perked up every time he said that that's his catchphrase that's his thing yeah and it and his does nose it does, does it always include the the nose wiggle it does but it looks so much better in the comic books <laughs> but but well, the, well, okay well let, let's talk show here what did you think about the uh, special effects I thought they were awesome, but it's also like that's the fun thing about live action that you don't get from comic books because comics are drawn, and so so often people really accept the reality of what's happening around them. And then when you see it performed in live action, you're just like, oh, yeah, that'd be fucking disgusting. There's, there is an emotional scene in uh, Identity Crisis where Ralph is trying to eulogize his wife at her funeral. It's like being attended by like basically the entire everyone in the Justice League except for Batman because he doesn't do funerals. He's working. But he like breaks down and his face basically just like turns to rubber and it just like drops like a jaw. And it's like an emotional moment. But, like, if you saw that in live action, it'd be horrific. Ew. Yeah. And, like, you see that in, in when Joe throws up yeah. with the <laughs> – yeah. when he sneezes and his face comes with it. And it's just Joe's like, seen a lot of shit in his day. Joe – yeah. Joe not only has seen weird shit in the past couple of years working with The Flash, he's a beat cop who's seen some shit. Like, imagine that just the Whose real men- – mentor was murdered. Yeah. And also he found, like, a good friend of his wife's murdered and took his his son in. Like, real-world shit he had to deal with. And this is the shit that finally makes <laughs> him break. I mean, but it was gross. Like, nope, nope. After this, guys, I think I'm out. Someone's face just, like, blah, like putty. He's, he's basically silly putty. Uh, speaking of silly putty and that term being coined by Harry... How'd you feel about Harry? We had reservations about it coming back last week, but I feel this was a return well, it, to form. Yeah, no, it was more like not his return. It was just kind of the way he was portrayed. Um, I fucking, I, I mean, I, I dig Harry, and I fucking love Cisco and Harry. So the fact that he still had to fucking uh, had a spot to play that in this episode was was awesome. Well, and I think the reason he might have been weird last episode is because it was the reintroduction of him. So he sort of had to, like, reestablish who he was. And now we're back into the groove. And now it's just like, hey, Harry's part of the team and he's there. And, yeah, I I love the fact that he was a father to to Cisco, Mm -hmm. giving him some sage advice. Yeah. I mean, and, and it it plays because he has a daughter, and it's established that he's very protective of her. So Don't Cisco had a, extra insight as to how to play this thing. Which yeah. I mean, yeah, Harry's the guy you want to go to. He is. He he knows and his, his stuff. advice was basically, hey, dude, don't be a pussy. You know what I mean? Stand up, mm-hmm. accept this, and take it head on, man. You're smart. Well, and he had his back when uh, uh, Breacher walks up, and he's like, "Where'd he go? We well, went that way." Yeah, no, yeah, no. Harry got Cisco's back. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm glad to see that back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, he was very much more Harry than I think I was uh, accustomed to seeing him last episode. You know, it's 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 when you when you have you find that old pair of pants, they fit comfortably, but you when you get back in them the first time, you have to remember how they feel. 
Oh, yeah, and I mean, you got to pair them with the right shoes, the right yeah. fit. You don't just want to fuck it all off. Yeah, no, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, but then the second time, you're just like, all right, I remember how this works. Mm-hmm. And it's boom, it's magic. Let's go back to Danny Trejo. Please. The whole the whole subplot with him and Cisco was wonderful. Fucking beautiful. I just I love like I they're giving Cisco a good relationship. Do you think this is the one that can go the distance or do you fe- do you fear this is a patty spin? Do I situation? think that Golden Glider is gonna come back at some point and throw a monkey wrench and all this? One can only hope. <laughs> do you think my man Cisco has the game? To spin that his way. Uh, okay, well, if you know what I'm let's saying, go, let's Chris. go ahead and establish this now. Cisco got game. Obviously, that's that's never gonna be. Oh, hey, what where's it? No, 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 Chris, it, Chris, it's game. I, I, Everything I, I, is game when it comes can, to Cisco. Can I? Can I? Can I pause you to point out this that the show establishes that because we open. With Cisco in bed with Gypsy, mm-hmm. that is the opening moment. Yeah, 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 that's the opening moment. So the you show has is. your back in that. Mm-hmm. He has the game. Yeah, he got game. And then we see that he's also he's got the brains too, to back it up. Yeah, I mean, again, we we know all this. We know Cis- Cisco's capable of earning. Their respect of of a, of a Danny Trejo caliber type person, right? Yeah. Uh, however, uh, Danny Trejo and uh, Gypsy they didn't want to change. They wanted to stay in the leather the whole time. I mean, we saw interesting Gi- choice. It's but, an interesting choice. But we saw Gypsy in different clothing. That's, that's what I'm saying. We just saw her in Cisco's tea. You know, a little, and, they're and working. Pennies. I mean, they're, they're working. They're, yeah, they're, they're doing a thing. But no, I mean, I don't know. The first time we saw them, they were at the coffee shop. No, I know. But and let's they were leathered up. Chris, let's. But fuck. Uh, God damn it. Danny Trejo doesn't pull it off. Oh, for a second, I thought you said he didn't pull it off. No, I like, know. No, I, that's what I was about to like. You, all right, we you need to pause this podcast. throw a leather vest on Danny Trejo. He could go into He could walk into the Vatican right now and be accepted. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. It fits, man. But I, I think it's a uniform. I think that's how... Cause, cause oh, let's totally. Ad- we get more insight to Earth-19. We need to go back. I think uh, probably at the end of this season, let's go back and really kind of establish what we know of Earth-19. Because it, it is... No coffee. No coffee is what another piece no in HR. the puzzle. No HR. Too soon. Oh, He's driven in heaven. I mean, I mean, t- I don't qu- know where you go when you die. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that was that was my favorite line. I had to write that one down. That was probably my favorite line of the episode. Yeah, that's the line that made Cisco get up and fucking bolt. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I, I, I love, I, I love the whole dynamic that they established with Cisco and Vi or and uh, Gypsy and uh, Breacher. It was just wonderful, and we get we get to see Cisco show off his brains, trap him. I mean, who Cisco is operating uh, at top performance, but he did not believe that there would be a sword that Danny Trejo would have that could cut through power. Well, we dam- knew, didn't we, people? Oh yeah, this <laughs> we knew as soon as he got trapped in it. This this won't stop him. It's Danny Trejo. You think this singular? 
attack will stop him. No. Mm-hmm. No, he, he, he don't play that shit. Mm-mm. You know what? I, I want to go ahead and segue a little bit. Barry was kind of acting like a dick. We he got, was. We got Barry, you ass. We got him back for a little bit. Yeah, but I like that they, they sort of... It was solved this episode. Yeah. Which is good. You, know, you don't want to see... I mean, well, and, it, and it usually is. Chris, dare I say Barry, dickhead Barry coming back was worth it to get Joe lifting that six-pack? Yeah, I swear to God. Okay. Go back and look through the image of Joe through the eye hole. I'm just lifting up that fucking beer like, hey, man, let's just pound a couple cold ones back. You know what I mean? On every level, technically, dramatically, comedically, that... Two second shot is perfect. I mean, do we all kind of wish that Joe West would show up at our door and we look through and he's just holding up a sixer? Yes. I wish that would happen every second of my life. Right, of course. Since the Flash premiered, I realized it, it, it opened You'd up be a something not in me. To. It yeah. opened up something in me. And this episode not only revealed that again in me. But rubbed it in my face. Oh, Joe had the second best storyline of this episode. <laughs> well, let's let's address the fact that Joe was glowing. Yeah, and everyone could see it, baby. Everyone. He's just glowing, Joe. And especially Mayor Bellows. Let's let's address the fact that there is a running subplot within this episode that is a wannabe's. 1940s gangster movie. Oh, I know his fucking obvious henchmen. Like, Mayor, those aren't your assistants. They're not aides. Those are henchmen. Who I'm trying to remember. Like, it's kind of like uh, the bad guy in uh, Iron Man 3. That was the first thing that popped in my head. I don't think that's the best example. I think there's a better one. Or even, like, better one is Captain America Winter Soldier. When uh, all those in the elevator scene... When you have those guys walking up in the business suit, but they have the tattoos. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's how obvious these guys are. Yeah. You see them in the cop uniforms. They're just like, oh, those are some henchmen. Yeah. Those guys are bad dudes mm-hmm. immediately. Um, but especially there's this one shot as they're, when Mayor Bellows reveals himself um, to be the bad guy. They're walking down the hallway of CCPD, and it just looks like it's this like 1940s gumshoe film. It was like, ah, oh, we got a we got a squeaky wheel that needs dealing with, guys. Like you're in a fucking police station. When you squirt some oil in him, if you know what I mean. Yeah, we gotta go grease some wheels, boys. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and especially walking out of an interrogation room at a police precinct, I was just like, probably not the time to do that shit. But hear me out. I'm getting kind of a gold facey vibe from this guy. I mean, you're you're saying that. You're pushing that forward. I don't want to deny it. I think that's a good thing. I want to see it. But I do want to address what we do know about Bellows already, which is he has a history within the Flash, and it's not. it doesn't seem like it's a good history. He seems to have this sort of nefarious backstory within the Flash that seems to match up with you. But the first thing is that he's... I, I didn't realize he's the mayor from season two. Yeah, wasn't he at the Flash Day parade? He introduces the Flash at the Flash Day thing. The, it's the same actor. So this motherfucker's been crooked. Yeah, 
Yeah, so he's been operating. So he was probably a, g- a whole underground shit we don't even know about. Chris, that was our second episode. Did we even talk about the mayor and how we felt any bad way about him? He seemed like a stand-up Inconspicuous. guy. Inconspicuous. He had this. The stuff with Barry and Ralph happened five years ago. And so this happened after he had become a private eye. He's probably been blackmailing him. He's he's probably in the shit back then. Mm-hmm. Again, to compare it to Winter Soldier, this is like finding out Gary Shandling has actually been a bad guy mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, he had, he had the, that gold little handkerchief in his suit. I'm telling you, man, he's going to go facing. You he see got him. his henchmen like that mm-hmm. with fucking Rocco and fucking... Well, and we got Thinker and possibly a blacksmith out there in play. It it, it works. We we got some classic John storylines afoot, dude. Mm-hmm. It's coming to play. It's it's feel it's feeling like a definite possibility. But the other thing we need to talk about the mayor is that they mentioned a few times that like you used to be a cop. You used to be a cop. You know what this is. Joe's like, hey man. This is just three cops talking. Mm-hmm. This is not like anything like that. We're not doing it. This is three cops. Whatever happens between three cops is three you cops. Would you go my? Would you go my? That is actually established in another thread back to the 1990s Flash. The same actor played a character with the same name who was a cop. Ah, bringing it full Offi- circle. Officer Bellows in the 90s Flash. Was a character played by the same actor, uh, Vito D'Ambrosio. Oh yeah, that guy's fucking oh, yeah. gold face, dude. Yeah, he's gold face, dude. There, that that's a change. In there, okay, yeah, no, he's gold face for sure. Look, for I that. hope so. Look for that. I hope so. I do. I don't. I just. I just don't. I don't have. It's not that I don't have faith in your idea. It's that I don't have possibly faith in the writers picking up on that thread and going like. Ooh, we can do something here. No, man. The handkerchief was gold. It's there. It's there. It's definitely there. We're going to be disappointed. Let's put it out there right now. We it, expect him to be Goldface. Yes, correct. Um, What else do we need to talk about? I feel like there's a lot that we haven't addressed, but there's still... like, But we've covered a lot of ground at this point. Well, the, the, yeah. Okay, well, there was... Barry's still holding on from feelings he had as a rookie on the job. And basically, basically Dibney's kind of like coming around to like, you know, I'm I'm not that shitty person. I did do a bad thing and I can do better now. Like his hero moment, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? Where he decides, you're right, you know, I'm not that person. Hands back the money and all that. And again, his humor played, I mean, it kind of captured that kind of cartoonish f- feel that you see when you watch those old like Justice League cartoons and mm-hmm. shit, right? Well, and we haven't even uh, we haven't addressed the fact that he he in his brash moment writes villains on the board with yeah. all the twelve metas. A little, a little quick too, like you should be around long enough up. to know that like not, not every meta is evil. Yeah, come on, guy. And, yeah, obviously, Kaylin had to be the one to point out, like, dude, we were both fucking woke up here, like, oh shit, we got powers, so let's. Let's not be so quick to judge. Yeah. Barry, you were in a coma for nine months and woke up. I'm like, pause, pause, or slow your roll, man. And, and so, Caitlin's shit looks to be picking up, too, because she got some cryptic-ass messages at the end of the episode. Yeah. What was it? Uh, um, It was um, a horseshoe. We miss you. Come back soon. 
Yeah. Who do you, th- we, who we do you got, think? We got a hint to that earlier. So. Do you think it was the? Uh, I think it's the guy with the the glass eye who did that. Do you think that horseshoes his that, cool? Okay, well that dude just <laughs> fucking screams henchman, right? Now I know, but he but he screams wannabe beatless like girder level has, he, bad have guy. Have we gotten a blacksmith reveal yet? No, but we we've established okay, that we well, want. It's probably blacksmith. You think that guy's blacksmith? That no, they? Re- I think he works for blacksmith, and I think it's going to be a whole underground thing with. Fucking Goldface, I think Goldface being introduced and uh, think you're going around. And I think Blacksmith could show up in Caitlyn's storyline. I think that whole John's run could be coming to fruition on the show, which which is the fucking run that they should be pulling from. And you're not wrong because we we find out at the tail end of this episode that this was perpetuated, started by DeVoe. All planned, baby. All planned. Basically, Barry and Joe figure out that this was a planned situation. I mean, the only thing that they can't pull from that storyline is the rogues gallery. Like, they can't have that whole part of it. But I think maybe for a show that might be too busy anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think with the pieces that they're establishing now, I think it fucking plays similar, similar to how, like, a rogue story would play, you know? Yeah. Well, that's that's that was John's planting seeds for a couple of years of a forefront battle. Flash, Thinker, New Rogues, Old Rogues. Oh yeah, no, the show's not doing that. Oh, for sure. That's but what I'm saying. But if you if you could take elements of the fucking the threads that fucking wove through all of those kind of teams, with the exception of. The rogues, mm-hmm. I think you could get something that kind of meshes well together for TV. I th- and I think what it is is that it's these disparate storylines that DeVoe is the one who is weaving together. And so it's like the Ralph Dibney stuff in this episode. It's Caitlin stuff in the next episode and like that all hey, stuff. And Barry and so- now knows it's DeVoe, you know? Yeah, that was a cool thing when he was talking. Exposed. Like, I mean, that that has to throw his whole, think the thinker's whole plan for a loop, right? Like, well, he wasn't we, expecting that we shit. We get literal flashbacks to creepy-ass Abracadabra fucking saying, uh, you know, you've had many villains, Don DeVoe. And then uh, Savitar Barry is like, oh, this is where we came up with the dampener. So he, he, I mean, he was mentioned with all the big ones thus far. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously gonna have to pull some shit. Like, I mean, Barry kind of. I, I feel like him figuring this out early is just gonna cause the thing to to get pissed. And again, he has a, a bunch of those samurai. So I feel like he's gonna like cause some pain well, because he's upset that he didn't think that they would figure it out this or, early. We're heading to the classic episode 9 or 10 or 8 sort of big hit from the villain. Right. Because we had the fucking the man in the yellow suit episode season 1. Enter Zoom when he fucking broke his back. Savitar did something similar with the... Um, we, we we always have that big play around episode 8, 9, or 10. Depending on where the uh, crossover basically lands and when they're going on hiatus. But that's what we have is basically to work with is there's going to be this big gut punch happening in about five episodes coming down the line. And I think that's what they're setting up now is now Barry is like, DeVoe, 
fuck I know like but I, again it's not like last season where it was Savitar is like he knew uh Savitar was gonna kill Iris. It's like, oh, we have to stop it. We have to, we have to do something. This is our guiding thing. He's just like, yeah, it's, it's not a clock. It's more of a suspenseful, like, where's it gonna come from thing. Well, it's it's just like hearing like you and I are arch enemies in our future. And it's just like, and then when you finally meet that person, you're just like, well, what the fuck is gonna happen to cause this? And so Barry is now just sort of thinking like, well, what the fuck? makes devote was, this guy yeah that was the great tension of season one right yeah so well yeah why why do you hate me so much mm-hmm. what made you do this but also this is season four this is barry who has been around the block what is it after going through thawne and going through savitar and going through zoom and going through these big heavy hitters that gets devoe on the list too it's like, I have already fucking lost my mom, my dad, my family, my future, my life to these people. What can DeVoe do to me? What? And you have to think. Um, no, but um, Chris. A dude that, that heady has to come up with some real sick shit. That's the question I'm proposing to you, Chris. What can DeVoe do Let's. What, yeah, what I mean, do you, you can't? You can't let's put speculate. Iris in danger anymore. Like, Iris no, is off the people table. People don't want to see that shit anymore, right? What do you think, Chris? You, you don't want to see that happen. It has to be like you. You attack Barry. You go after you Barry. Know? He come out and, and and he's like has this like supreme power. Yeah, you know, like he's just like one with the speed force and he's he's operating full speed. You gotta have some that attacks him personally and then brings I, him down a peg. That makes them fight that much harder against the villain at the end, right? I I challenge that in the sense that the way to possibly not be personal is to make something so huge externally. The city. S- something huge to the city. Central city, no. Something he, big like to Central City. The thinker did it in the comics, dude. Yeah. He starts taking over the city. He starts mm-hmm. fucking implementing his whole virus into the entire city and taking it all over. Yeah. It's that's, gonna have to be that. That's not, what don't I think take it anyone is. your crew attack the whole city. Yeah, because like it, at a, at a certain point the hero has to protect the world, right? Mm-hmm. It has to it has to go out of Metropolis, it has to go beyond well, Gotham, it has to go beyond Central City. Like it has to take it to a grand scale. You well know? let's let's look at let's track it with Arrow. Arrow this season four was the Damien Dark episode or season and that concludes quality or not it's debatable people seem to be split on how the season went and how the finale went but it does end with that the entire city rallies behind the hero story yeah well not to mention another city was completely nuked <laughs> so like i'm Chris, saying it let's make a little let's bit. make like the characters in sidestep that <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen Ragman around for a while. <laughs> oh man, I liked Ragman. No, 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 he was he, good. Ragman played, um, but yeah, that's that's what I think because yeah, you're right. It was like we can't put Iris in danger. I don't want fucking Joe and Cecile and the baby in danger or some fucking bullshit with Cisco or Caitlin. I want like maybe Cisco's the first one taken over on the team. Maybe he gets infected with the virus first. 
like some like I want to see stuff like that. Know, like, like I feel like you're a hero and you're here to protect your city. No, it doesn't I, have yeah, to be yeah. like I'm only doing this because my wife, no, my my homie, yeah, yeah, my mentor, they're in danger. It's like, hey, the city's in danger. You're the hero. You're back. What are we gonna do? No, but you have that moment where it becomes per- not like a, a, in a different way than because uh, like obviously like Thinker's been working for weeks under the radar, months, years under the radar, and so he needs to have that big play that impacts one of the team. So he like he makes his big play of the city, and it's like and Cisco gets taken with it. Like, Cisco's part of the city as it gets taken. It's like, or Caitlyn. Or Caitlyn. blacksmith storyline that maybe might be afoot. I don't know. But, I, I, like, that's... Maybe. I feel like maybe next episode we're going to find that out because we have the tease and the reveal that uh, we're going to get some uh, Felicity yeah, next yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fun. Pre-crossover goodness, you know what I mean? All right. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. But, like, I get budgetary and I get scheduling stuff, but, like, if Felicity's there, I feel like Oliver should be with Barry. She doesn't have to check with him, Trevor, if she wants to go out and go out to a bachelorette party. No, no, But, no. I mean, do we get any Barry bachelor party? That's what it seemed to be. Okay, we see well, Barry yeah, drunk and that should uh, totally be there. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, well, Felicity's like, oh, well, if you're going with Iris, I should probably go out with Barry. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. That's what I'm saying. I'm not yeah, saying Felicity needs to have check one of your hero buddies on Legends should have showed up. Hey, we got some future kegs. <laughs> they they never fucking tap out. Mecca Barry. Hey, Mia, let's get some STDs, Barry. Uh, I'll get them cured for you. Gideon will do it. <laughs> It'll burn. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he gets STDs. Yeah. Because he can't fucking light stuff on fire as much. to the bit, people. If anyone understands it, it's Mick Roy. Mm, Mick Roy understands that, commitment that's to been the bit. Down. Um, all right. Anything else we need to cover within this? I think that wraps it up, B. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about some stuff that we have coming up. We have our mini episodes coming back. We had some couple, a couple episodes that were recorded over the summer that are dropping this Saturday that we're going to also drop with our... New episode talking about Flash two oh four in the thick of re of ignition, the start of uh the new status quo with Wally West back with his secret identity. And from how much it seems like this season is pulling from John's run, man, it's pretty fucking relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very relevant to get back into John's stuff. So very excited about that. And uh Chris, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe there's someone played by Ben Affleck who's on the cover. It's going to be a good one. Um, but anyway, speaking of that stuff and upcoming stuff, we have our crossover episode coming out next week. We're talking about Thor Ragnarok. Fuck, Oof. I've been looking forward to that movie for a long time. I felt like we had to talk about other stuff, but let's just take a moment and talk about how excited we are about Thor Ragnarok. It looks fantastic. I've been watching the, even the funny previews with Mark Ruffalo and Chris Hemsworth. Who The Hemsworth get a shout-out when Ralph Dibney gets abs. So it's relevant, people. Does that, Chris, does that mean that the MCU exists? It's canon. It's Be- technically canon. 
Because what, like, does the Hunger Games exist? And it, like, is is this a world where Liam is the the know. head? Hemsworth? Maybe they only get okay. So I don't think they have both Marvel and Fox movie properties. It's probably mm. one or the other. Well, they have Star Wars, so Fox exists. Mm-hmm. So it's not like that. So yeah, maybe just the X Men don't exist in this universe. And Marvel just maintained its... Inti- <laughs> Marvel's line is just the properties that they have the rights to in this universe. I've been telling people for years, anyone who would listen to me, in humans, they, they, they can't replace the X-Men. They can't replace mutants. It just doesn't work like that. Example, check out the Inhuman show and check out Gifted. Gifted's amazing. It's been really awesome so far. And I kind of had to check out of Inhumans because it got really hard to watch. Oh, my God, the Inhumans. And it's, it, I mean, it's not even like I'm just, I want to shit on the show. I just feel like no one cared. <laughs> like, even like uh, some of the acting is, and the, the lines are just like, oh, God, no one, no one gave a shit about what any of this, did they? It's, I don't, it's, it felt like Marvel was like, well, well, guys, we announced it. Everyone's expecting the Inhumans, like, right. but like they already fucked it up on Angels of Shield. No one really has ever cared about the Inhumans in the fucking comic book. It's annoying that they're overtaking. They're taking this sub place. And the only good thing to come from the Inhumans is Miss Marvel. Is Kamala Khan? She is the only good thing to come yeah. out of the Terra Genesis. All that bullshit that came from the fucking. Uh, Characters coming, but also I mean, I, I, I don't <laughs> want to shit on Black Bolt and Medusa and all them because they're I mean, they cool got, they characters. Cool characters, yeah, for sure. But I don't. I mean, they try to like completely replace them. I mean, or replace the mutants with them, and that <laughs> just that just didn't work. Like it didn't play. And you know what? We're back, baby. Mutants for life. Mm-hmm. Magneto was right. Magneto was right. Never forget. Fucking Quentin Choir. Fucking gets a kid Omega. Um, but anyway, all that to say, we have Thor Ragnarok. We're going to be teaming up with Tim Talk, Chris, and Cameron, and the novice and Frank, Frank and Amanda. Also, we need to give a shout out to Amanda. I'm sure we're going to talk about this at the crossover, but Amanda Barnes just got married. Oh, congrats. So, congratulations to Amanda. So wonderful to hear that. Um,. Granted, we are upset that it has cost Novice and Frank. They they haven't been putting out episodes, so we're all coming back kind of at the same time. Only Tim Talk has been, those guys have been plugging along. You crazy sons of bitches. And both uh, Novice and Frank and us have allowed the summer to overtake our schedules. Uh, hey, man, things happen. Things change. Things get weird. <laughs> but they at least had good excuses. Amanda got married. <laughs> so obviously stuff's happening so we're excited to be back with the guys and also i'm personally excited to talk about the episode that's going to be coming out along with this one which is episode four of my trev talks episodes i interviewed steven peros who has a cool comic coming out that's currently uh fundraising on kickstarter it's called stoker and wells about Bram Stoker and H.G. Wells, like this imagined story where they meet up just before the two of them, because they they released uh, their first novels around the same time, uh, Dracula and the Time Machine. And so Stephen came up with this story in which they sort of meet up at the same time and go on an adventure that inspires both Dracula and the Time Machine. 
That's fucking perfect, especially because we're recording this on Halloween. Yeah, this is fucking perfect. So that's coming out along with this episode um, on Wednesday, tomorrow. Whenever you're listening to this, they'll be out at the same time. So really excited about that. Check out, we have, uh, I'll have all the information in the description of that with the um, Kickstarter and all the information. Steven was awesome to talk to. Very excited about that. Thor Ragnarok coming up. Mini episode, and next week we got some exciting stuff. Stuff keeps uh, plugging along, but hey, in the end, let's just hope Ray Palmer's still alive. (laughs) (laughs) He might get itted. He's dead, technically. Yeah, technically he already did. Technically he's already dead. It was good enough for Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Would you would you like to would you like a balloon, Ray Palmer? Would you, would you like a balloon? Um, so anyway, uh, make sure to listen uh, to us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to us. We always appreciate it because it helps. Like that's every I do a lot of podcast records and everyone says like says the same thing. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, and everyone has like noticed it demonstrably helps mm-hmm. when you rate and review. Because then people are just like, oh, these people liked it, so I'll check it out. Yeah, I mean, and feel free to hit us up, email us, you know what I mean, if you want us to talk about something specific, and expect us to talk about The Walking Dead here pretty soon, too. Ooh, expect us. Ooh, ooh, Chris, I think tomorrow there's a new issue. Yeah, obviously there is. It's the first of the month. Yeah, Jesus and Aaron. Oh, man. Stuff might be bad tomorrow. Stuff might be really bad. We'll deal with that in the future. Anyway, this is the podcast of Two Worlds. Follow us, Twitter, at POW underscore Flash, podcast two worlds at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Trevor Reese. And I am Chris Fimbres. Speedweed. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com.